Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Green. He angles up toward the rim. He gets to a medium turn. Got oh off the side and hit it. Oh, my. Who's going to count the bucket? But review. Embiid, a catch, a turn, a shot, and a score. Welcome to the Daily Ding. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. And with me tonight, it's Clippers beat writer at The Athletic, Law Murray. Law, what's up? We had some great games in the Eastern Conference, the opposite conference, Andrew. Woo! This was quite a night. The the number of the night is 17. Two 17-point deficits erased. KD and Kyrie go one for 17 from the field in the second half of Law. We're going to start in Toronto, where the 76ers win in dramatic fashion, 104 to 101. Let's paint a picture because the drama was just palpable throughout really the end of regulation and then through overtime. It was just an unbelievable scene in Toronto. And it started with this drive uh, from James Harden, incredibly difficult to defend. He gets to the cup, Fred Van Viet fouls him. It's 95-94 at this point. You think, wow, there's less than a minute left. James Harden's going to sink these. What happened, Law? Well, James Harden splits the free throws, and it wound up being the last time he touched basketball because next time down, Precious Achua, who is absolutely bull in a china shop, no matter what (laughs) position the (laughs) positionless Raptors put him in, like Precious Achua is going to shake them dreads, man, and get into the lane somehow, you know. And (laughs) not only is it... Hard in six foul, but Doc Rivers challenges, tries to save his guy, and couldn't do it. So James Harden fouls out. Sixers lose their challenge. Precious Achua goes to the free throw line. Scores tied. The Raptors had never trailed at this point. Yeah. Precious misses both free throws. <laughs> he misses both. He misses both. Oh. And then like Raptors fans can breathe a little bit because Embiid misses a step back three. Tobias Harris misses a little bunny, and we go to overtime. And overtime is just as crazy. And I want to start with 26 seconds left. OG Ananobi's at the free throw line. And he ties it 101. He's got his second free throw. And this thing looks like cash. And it hits and it rolls around and it doesn't even roll off the front of the rim. It rolls off the back side of the rim, which is just, it was an unusual looking free throw. And it just made it honestly, like for Raptors fans, like that one, like really hurt. You can't recreate that missed free throw. And you have to remember (laughs) the last time the 76ers were in that building for a playoff game was game seven in 2019 when Kawhi Leonard his baseline jumper over Joel past Ben Simmons hits every yep. damn part of the opposite rim yep. to win that game. 
Now, why the Raptors switched up which side of the basket that they're in, I don't remember if that's a home team thing or a road team thing, but the Raptors probably wish that they kept it the same because, uh-huh. hey, going back to Precious Joshua, he had a heads-up play, swipes yep. at Joel Embiid. That thing is headed out of bounds. Joel Embiid recovers it, and Doc Rivers, you, you saw it, Andrew. He just... <laughs> rinse and make sure that he gets that timeout, which I should probably plug y'all. See, you got me on the timeout story on head coaches, and I should probably plug that because Doc Rivers, I talked to him about timeouts. It's like sometimes you just got to let the rest know that you yeah. need a timeout. And I mean, <laughs> you let him know. He ran seconds, out of man. the coach's box. He, ra- he ran in front of Drake and in front of Nick Nurse to get the timeout. It was unbelievable. Of Okay. Just for at least one day, everybody, stop hating on Doc Rivers. Give him one day because he called this timeout. Because this timeout saved the game. They were they were .9 seconds away from getting a shot clock violation. Like if he didn't do that, it's shot clock violation. It's Raptors ball tie game. Like that's that's what was at stake here. Not only that, but. The play call was outstanding. I mean, it was the point nine seconds or however much time was left on the shot clock version of Derek Fisher's point four from 2004. <laughs> I mean, how Joel got that free was that's already your coach's win. The coach wins yeah. that right there. Called the timeout, yep. drew up something to get a player a great look. Yep. But the execution is all Embiid. Everybody, I mean, Embiid's been clown for three years for crying out, crying, leaving Scotiabank Arena, okay? Mm-hmm. And that was as good a revenge as you can get besides actually eliminating the Raptors, which, because Joel hit that shot, he can obviously complete the sweep as soon as, I believe, game four would be Saturday. Yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah, it's it's wild, especially the perception, and some of this is is due to injury. You no know, Scotty Barnes tonight for the Raptors, and but still, for this team, after the rocky way they ended the regular season, to be up three nothing against the Raptors team, who was let's face it, this is the this is the NBA sweetheart team. Like everybody loved this team, everybody was rooting for this team. I think a lot of people picked. The Raptors. I thought the Raptors were going to win. They just played did. like the they played like the team that was going to win the series at the end of the regular season. And you have to credit Joel Embiid, number one, who was unbelievable: thirty-three points, thirteen boards, two assists, and a block. Uh, James Harden was good for them tonight: nineteen points, ten assists, six rebounds. He did foul out of this game. And then Tyrese Maxey was not the Tyrese Maxey of game. Game one, but he was again very solid. Nineteen points, four boards, one assist, and they played really good basketball. And Danny Green hit some timely corner threes. He made some like really really nice cuts. Embiid found him, and you know, they got everything they needed. What was I think we got to at least touch on the fact that the Raptors were up seventeen in this game yeah. with the energy of that crowd. Remember that crowd. Yeah. Forget not having a playoff game in that building since the championship run of 2019, like 2020, they were going to host minimum given how they went 
all the way to the semifinals, they were going to have a game seven in that building, but instead it was in the bubble against the mm-hmm. Celtics. That They didn't get that. Last year, it was the Tampa Raptors, and the Raptors decided they weren't even trying to make the playoffs, which got them Scotty Barnes, but obviously, you know, snapped their postseason streak, which was among the longest in the East, I believe, when it was snapped. So the energy was there, and the Raptors matched it. They forced so many turnovers off the Philadelphia 76ers. I think they had... 15, the Sixers had 15 turnovers uh, and 17 made field goals in the first half. And finished with 22 turnovers, 22 to 10 was the number. And and to battle back, because it's not like the Sixers made up for that with offensive rebounding. Like, this, this was a game where they literally had to just survive on just from getting blown out. And then that third quarter from Joel Embiid was the masterpiece before the shot that he made at the end Mm -hmm. of overtime because he scored 18 points, he dished Niang for a three. Like, the Sixers made a comeback not by hitting threes, but by just going to Joel repeatedly, and Joel delivered in a 12-minute third quarter. On the flip side, Pascal Siakam had a 12-point first half, and he never scored again after halftime. And that absolutely hurts when you're talking about the difference between 2-1 with a game four at home for Toronto. And now you're down 3-0, and that's an insurmountable lead in NBA history as far as seven-game series are concerned. Yeah. Big shots to OG Ananobi. Tied his career high, 26 points for the Raptors tonight, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, Now let's go to Boston, where (laughs) this game... Oh, I, I mean, I, I just have to start with with a with some big love to Bruce Brown, who started the game nine nothing uh, just by himself <laughs> against the Celtics. It was kind of hilarious the way it started because you have like these big names like Tatum, Durant, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, and then it's no, 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 it's it's Bruce Brown scoring the first nine points of this game, fellas. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and the way he did it was completely in control. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't like he's going rogue or anything. And he needed it. I mean, Kyrie Irving, you saw him first time out or so of the game. They let him know it's sunset. And, yep. you know, he went to the locker room and he got himself refreshed uh, as he's fasting for Ramadan. But that was a critical start by Bruce Brown because, like, it pretty much gave the Brooklyn Nets a cushion that they had more or less for three quarters. Mm-hmm. For three quarters. He's, he's scoring – what he he goes up by himself as you mentioned 9-0 and i don't think for, for the first the rest of the first half boston got closer than than 6 points in the first half if i if if, if i'm not mistaken i mean third quarter that's when boston started to make some inroads they they tied the game a couple of times but boston still never took the lead through the first three quarters of the game and bruce brown was looking like a hero a villain if considering, you know, he's from Boston because <laughs> he reps Boston. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. He he was not getting booed. The the, uh, the Boston crowd was very into this game, which like upped the entertainment value of the night because uh, they were booing and chanting uh, Kyrie sucks. I mean, it was it was wonderful. Like the playoff environment was just spectacular in Boston tonight. And then seeing them make the run and like the hype of the crowd, like get behind them. Like not only was this team like scrapping and playing like 
really a great brand of physical basketball, but like the crowd getting into it too, was just like that other element where you're like, man, like I, I love this. And, you know, we've, we've missed like big time crowds, you know, and to have this back and for it to feel like relatively normal is like, it's just a cool, I think it's a cool NBA moment just to, just to watch this Boston Celtics team. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that, that crowd, it looks like they had an impact and wore down. It's, it's crazy to say, oh, the crowd wore these guys down. But what else can you say? Because, I mean, Seth Curry, he hits the first shot, first possession of the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that seven-point lead. And Brooklyn never scored again with the lead. They never scored again with the lead. By the time Kyrie hits a, hits a shot, you know, I think five minutes later of game time, Boston had already gone on a decisive 11-0 run, and that was that. And it was shocking how Brooklyn had absolutely nothing to curb that run. It was one run, bang, and that was it. That was representative of the changing of the guard as far as game two is concerned. Yeah, and if you're the Nets, there's there's loads of concerning things. Like one, like the level of physicality like between you and the Celtics was dramatic. Like the Celtics were just a much more physical team. And that even dropped off a ton for the Nets in the second half. Like you could tell that they just didn't have it in them. And then also you look over at the Celtics and their offense. Like this was by committee. You know, you get 17 points from Grant Williams. Al Horford chips in 16. Daniel Tice had 15. Marcus Smart with 12. Jalen Brown with 22. Tatum did not have a great night shooting the basketball. He had 19 points on 16 shots. I mean... There was no like big, I mean, I guess really the only big time outlier game is that Grant Williams didn't miss a shot, but we're talking about four shots. We're not talking about 12 shots or anything from him. I mean, there's, they're still primed to have a Jason Tatum 50 point game coming up here. I mean, that's, that's just like the, the way that this Boston team functions. And so if you're, if you're over there looking, I don't know that Ben Simmons is the guy that I'm, that I'm looking to as, as my hero here. Yeah, man. I mean, what's Ben Simmons going to do? Like, you can you can put you you play decent defense. If 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 you're if you're if you're Brooklyn, they defended Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown respectably well for most of this game. I mean, as yeah. you mentioned, Tatum missed eleven out of sixteen. Tatum got to the line plenty to balance that out. That's how he got his points for the most part. Jalen, he actually ended the game with a team high twenty two. You know. He did a lot of great things as far as finishing in the second half because uh, he was 6-12 in the second half. But the key for, ta- for, for Jalen Brown was he stopped turning the ball over because yeah. Brooklyn did a great job forcing turnovers. Brooklyn actually won the possession battle. They, they won that part of it. This game just really came down to Boston had guys who finished the game and Brooklyn just simply did not. And you just don't. We don't cover Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant as, quote, unquote, guys who don't close. And those guys did not close the game, period. Like Kevin came out of half third quarter. You weren't even we weren't even thinking about, oh, Katie missed every damn shot in the third quarter because (laughs) Goran Dragic was actually doing some work, you know, like, um, I mean, look, you just don't look at, oh, he went over five. Kyrie went over three. They still had the lead. They still had the lead. They still were doing all right. But, man, fourth quarter, just it didn't get better. Kevin missed yeah. every shot that he took that wasn't a free throw after halftime. 
And Kyrie, he made the one shot in the fourth quarter that didn't, you know, just ended the 11-0 run. But that was it for him. He didn't even get to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. How unguardable, like, nah, Boston's defense is legit. It's scary. It's legit. And yeah. if that thing travels, that's the series, Andrew. Totally agree. Yeah. And I'd be surprised if they didn't at least split in in Brooklyn with just the way that this Boston team is rolling. And to me, it's about regular season habits translating to the playoffs because the Nets feel like they can just roll the ball out and they're just going to play. Well, like, no, like what you're, you're bringing with you, what you did all regular season. That's was not play great defense and just hope that you can just survive on talent alone. Whereas Boston has been just destroying teams for the last three months. They've been playing the best defense in the NBA. You've seen a leap from Jason Tatum. And then you've had their role players stepping up. Like you've had Derek White sliding in. He didn't play a ton tonight, but he just slides in and makes plays for them. Peyton Pritchard shot the ball pretty well for them tonight. I mean, they just have guys that know how to play. They know how to play together. And they have a great game plan. And the coaching, I mean, I don't I don't know how to assess Steve Nash, Steve Nash as a coach. I really just don't. But I can tell you, Imanu Doka has done a spectacular job. Yeah, this Boston team. And you know what, man? When you talk about habits, that's a great point, Andrew, because what were we talking about with Boston at the turn of the new year? We were basically saying how he may be too hard on these guys. Like Mm -hmm. Marcus Smart literally told Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that they don't pass the ball. Like, it's hilarious (laughs) to me now because look at where things are. But like, nah, like people were literally like not giving Ime Udoka any kind of rope. And look, a critical game too, where they're down 17. They're already not a deep team. And you got one guy who fouled out now, Horford tonight, Derek White. The reason he played only 13 minutes is because he picked up 3,000 the first quarter. And they still stuck to an eight-man rotation through all that. But look at Jason Tatum, 10 assists, right? Jalen Brown, he had the turnover issues in the first half. He still is forgiving of the ball, six assists. How did they win that game in game one? Again, that's the one they should have lost. You know, yep. game winning dime by Smart to Tatum, who cut because KD wasn't looking because KD relaxed. Mm-hmm. That is your microcosm of this series. Like Boston, they took all the crap all season up until the All Star break, basically about how they might not have the right coach, they might not have the right guys, they might not have the right pieces, or they might not have a point guard at all. Turns out, maybe they do, and yeah. they're playing like it. And Brooklyn's playing like a group of guys who, you know. Still might be wearing name tags for all I know. I mean, Ben Simmons, you gonna you gonna start? You gonna play? You gonna jump into a series with Brooklyn having a must win? I'm sure Ben's gonna handle all that just fine. A <laughs> little bit of sarcasm there, maybe. I, I wish the best for Ben. I just don't genuinely don't think this is the best situation for him to debut on this team after not playing since passing up a potential game time dunk in a game seven. I'm just saying it'll be quite quite the thing to watch for as the series progresses. Totally agree. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's go to Milwaukee where the Bulls are back, baby. 114 to 110. DeMar DeRozan, just a bucket. 41 points on 31 shots tonight. Seven rebounds, four assists, only two turnovers. He was unbelievable tonight. Bucci Main, 24 points, 13 boards. He was awesome tonight as well. And then you got Zach Levine with 20 points. And Alex Caruso, who only finished with nine points and 10 assists. But like the contributions that he was making on the defensive end were, were tremendous. Like the, the Bulls deserve a ton of credit for the way that they came back in game two. Yeah, and you have to give them credit for just sticking to what they do. Like, DeMar missed a bunch of shots. People were digging up his playoff failures. And that was the easy narrative to go with after game one. But what are you going to have to do after this game is go back to the DeMar that you saw all season long. He trusted in that mid-range game. And he didn't even get off to a great start in this one. He missed his first three mid-range shots in the first quarter of this one. You know, he got to the paint in the first half overall. And then that third quarter, when the Milwaukee, especially Giannis, he started tapping into some energy that he didn't have. The Bulls didn't collapse when they built their, turns out they got up to 18-point lead. See? 17-point lead, you might smoke that one. But an (laughs) 18-point lead makes all the difference in the world. And DeMar, his mid-range game in that third quarter, is it's not what propelled the Bulls. It kept the Bulls from collapsing. He made all five of his mid-range shots in the third quarter. He wasn't nearly as good in the fourth. But the fact that he just kept playing his game, I think that was a common influence for everybody else. Like, Zach Levine only took 13 shots. Like, Zach Levine Mm -hmm. didn't have a very efficient game in game one either. And here he goes, 20 points on a very quiet 13 shot attempt. Vucevic, a lot of his shots were just because someone had to shoot besides DeMar. Like, the only guys who got double-digit shot attempts in this game were DeMar... Vucevic, Zach Levine, all those guys were terrible in game one. If you just look at their shots from two, Vucevic took 27 shots in game one and only made nine of them. Well, he took nine fewer shots in game two and made one more shot, 10 of 18 for 24 points, including a really big three after DeMar, because what would happen was Milwaukee was like, we're not letting this guy get to his spots. They started double teaming them. And DeMar started getting off the ball a little bit. Vucevic hit a big shots uh, to, again, help make sure that the Bulls didn't completely collapse. That is huge. It reminded me a lot of what we saw from Brandon Ingram in Phoenix the night before. He just yep. kept playing his game. That mid-range game, if you, if you let guys get comfortable and the Bucs don't put a lot of pressure on you defensively, especially if Giannis isn't in the game or if Giannis has already used his, his uh, turbo effort charge, then what's going to happen is the game's going to really come down to who hits shots and who doesn't. And tonight, Chicago mm-hmm. hit shots and Milwaukee didn't. And as you know, Andrew, uh, the concern is now for Milwaukee, 
they have a big shot maker, a good big shot taker who is out indefinitely now. Yeah, that's that's the big news from this game. Not only the Bulls win, but Middleton has a sprained MCL, which they announced like pretty quickly after this game. You thought maybe they'd sit on that a little bit, but it it looks like it could be pretty serious for him. And Milwaukee doesn't have a lot of answers if Middleton's out. Like who who's going to step up here? I mean, tonight you had Wes Matthews playing 34 minutes for them. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not sure what the answer is. I still think that obviously this they can beat the Chicago Bulls in this series. I, I believe that they can, but I think questions start to emerge of how long is he actually going to be out, and how like how much could that damper the second round if they get there? Yeah, uh, what's going to have to happen for the Milwaukee Bucks is they're going to need the threes to fall. And they're going to have to turn it up defensively uh, because, yeah. simply put, DeMar can't be so comfortable that he gets 41 points like this, you know. And you're you're in a situation also where Chris Middleton was on the ball a ton. Like, he had eight assists tonight mm-hmm. in 32 mm-hmm. minutes, you know. So you're, you're missing a guy who can relieve Giannis as a playmaker, relieve Drew Holiday, who obviously you got to pick who Drew Holiday is going to defend between Levine and DeRozan. I would put Drew on DeMar, but then again, DeMar is going to get to his spots. Like, I'd make him uncomfortable. I I would honestly put Drew on DeMar and put Wes, who has to start, who has to play, on someone like Levine, because at least Levine is clear he doesn't have the same burst as he had in the first half of the season you're going to have to take them bets and again chicago they did their job they took home court advantage that series is a whole lot more interesting today than it was a week ago yep headed back to chicago tied 1-1 and that's going to do it for today's show check out point of contention it's up next law take us out ding ding